Match day eight, Atletico Ottawa two, HFX Wonders nil. Finally, a win at home for the first time in what feels like years. We needed it. We deserved it. Let's get it going. After the Whistle, the official podcast of Capital City Supporters Group. I'm Johnny MacArthur. I'm here with Patty Dornan all season long, every Tuesday, every week, giving you reactions, analysis, and hot takes. Patty, how much did we need that? We did how it! How much did we need that? We did it! Everyone out there, we did it! 200 <laughs> plus days and we finally won a match at TD Place. Yeah. Oh, like all, like 200 God. and like, I think it's like, it like 79 or something Yeah, like it was rid- it's like a ridiculous amount of days. <laughs> <laughs> Too many. We days. almost went. Yeah, we almost had a whole year without. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this so. I was I was ready. I was ready to bust out the whole like this would have been ten matches since our last ten home matches since our last home win. If we didn't win that one, it would have been ten. That would have sucked. That would have absolutely <laughs> sucked. So. Really hard. Yeah, but what a match it was. Um, first first question I guess I have is what was our formation this week because that's not I, I felt I felt like it was it was not what we're used to and my second question is can I have more of that every week <laughs> because that was excellent <laughs> excellent excellent play for yeah the entire I feel match. like it was just it was like not it was the more refined version of what we've been like trying to do I feel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like all the pieces are finally like coming into place yeah. and we get to actually see what the strategy shapes up to look like on the on the pitch rather than yeah. watching us try for 90 minutes and concede a goal <laughs> in injury time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we doubled it. We doubled. Don't remind me. Yeah, we doubled. I had we doubled that out of my mind. I had yeah, blocked true. that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just a black spot in my memory. But we doubled our home goals on the flip chart. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that the camera like zoomed in every, each both times too. <laughs> they yeah, know it's shout, there. Sh- shout out to the cameraman, whoever's working for one soccer. Cause that was excellent. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Wally was there. The dub looked um, lit as always, but even more so now that we were winning at home. Um, icing on the yeah. cake was the that Hollywood uh, sign has a new location. Yeah, oh yeah, so good, so good. <laughs> yeah, so up in the north yeah. stand, which is sick because uh, Flo had mentioned it while we were watching it. She's like, "Look, it's like right there in the middle." I'm like, "That is incredible." If you're not going to show the crowd on the broadcast, at least show the big Hollywood sign constantly <laughs> in the middle in the back. Yeah, constantly for the entire match. <laughs> for the entire match. It's, yeah, yeah, it's just us flexing on every other team that plays at CD Place now. Um. So yeah, no, it was good. It, it was awesome to beat Halifax because you know how much we love beating Halifax. Uh, it we jumped do. us briefly to fifth place, which was pretty dope. Um, and now we're one point yeah. back from Cavs and Balor. Um, so yes, we're in sixth place, but we're yeah. one point back from fifth and fourth. So yeah, things yeah. are everything. Yeah, any coming any up like match week right that now. doesn't end with us, any match week that finishes with us not in the bottom of the table. After yes. that rocky start is like positive for me. Oh my god, I'm dude. cool with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even if yeah. it had only put us up to seventh, I still would have been cool with it. <laughs> this has been like a roller coaster though, because we went from the five nothing 
to the <laughs> to, to the what is it the four one against Pacific, and then the 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 loss to Forge, and now this the, the so, loss to Cavs. The two oh yeah, loss to Cavs. Yeah, well. yeah. So yeah, Awful so it's been game. a bit of a roller coaster for Atleti fans out there, but we're now on the upward swing, which is great. Yeah, I don't want to speak too soon because I know like we do that sometimes and <laughs> yeah we do bad things happen but um yeah we do but yeah i would say that like these past couple performances but I, I mostly because of the consistency because yeah. they've been consistent even though the forge was a loss it was still a good performance and very comparable to this one that we just put up uh so the consistency in our performances is what we want because the beginning of the season was anything but consistency you just mentioned the ridiculous roller coaster that we've been on so far yeah, yeah, and and to see you're right to see us go from essentially I'm gonna call it a draw. I mean, yeah, we can see it in the injury, but to, a draw against Forge, uh, and then and then this. So you know we're looking at two games where we were able to kind of nail down a bit of the strategy that we're we're looking at. Um, mm-hmm. I I didn't hate Miguel Acosta in the six in the last couple of games, which has kind of been a nice surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not yeah. I, again. I'm 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 not fully sold on him as that. A, as a permanent position, but maybe he's a good band-aid for as long as we need him to fit, fit there. Um, and yeah. I think a question actually got asked uh, to Carlos about the six uh, in one of the pressers. I think it was by Jonathan he, he attended. Um, and, and I guess the speculation is that he's looking in, in when the transfer window opens. So that would be lovely. Um, but if, if Miguel's going to play like this, I know every there's game, a mailbag about know, that one. Yeah, so I guess we'll wait till then to discuss it. But, uh, I mean, you know, actually, we could actually just discuss it now because it is an important part of of this game and of this episode. But, um, yeah. So we're doing an early mailbag question. (laughs) Early mailbag question. Um, In July, they basically just flat out said we're looking to bring in someone in this position, which is nice. It's nice to hear. It's nice to they recognize that this cannot be like a long-term solution. But as you said, Miguel has basically been getting better every week in this position. And, um, you know, this is probably one of the best ones yet for him. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that question totally was not a plant by me. Definitely not <laughs> me wanting to know about the six. <laughs> well, I'm glad someone fought like, cause we've been, uh, even, I was, I, been I literally like John, on about Jonathan every mess- single week. He, yeah. He messaged me and he's like, you got any questions for Carlos? I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> yup. and, uh, and I racked the shell into sure the shotgun. Do. I was like, here we go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. no, it's, uh, it was, it was a good game. Honestly, the, the stats, if we look at the stats over the course of the 90, uh, on the weekend, um, I would call mm-hmm. it a, a, a fairly, fairly vast improvement from last week uh we were out possessed but you know mm-hmm. that was okay because you know we didn't see we johnny long balls <laughs> to nowhere we didn't see long balls to nowhere this match which was <laughs> so refreshing and we talked about it the last two matches just these like kind of flippy floppy let's just kick the ball into the other half and hope that one of our players gets to it and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but i did like to see the the balls seemed a little yeah. bit more deliberate a little bit more controlled which was nice um yeah i mean well, i know Assey- like we were saying that obviously it's not a very skilled um uh tactic however we were approaching 50 percent accuracy in the long balls and that's probably about as good as you can ask for yeah if you're gonna yeah, be I think, doing i think that. we i think we broke 50 uh in this match actually i think we were 46 yeah dang close enough <laughs> yeah but I mean, yeah, that's well, good. That's good. Better. It's better than I'm pretty sure on our worst, we were hitting like 20, 30% accuracy in long balls or something, which is just 
True, Nobody and I mean, knows. if you yeah, and if you look at Halifax, <laughs> they only hit forty eight. So let's so, not not horrible. And we had thirty five, and they had yeah. twenty three. So I mean, we yeah. were hitting more of them at basically the same accuracy as them, which was great. Um, and Assy, I liked Assy this match. He was all over the pitch. Defense had a great game. And someone needs to check on Sean Melvin for performance enhancing drugs, because what was that? What was that, Johnny? What was that? What did I just watch with my eyes? I know it's, it was it was lovely. Um, I know Patrick Gibson in his player ratings uh, mentioned that as well. It was it was his it was his best performance in an, in an athletic shirt, which was which was good because we needed it, apparently. Yeah, because we can't apparently we still can't defend set pieces. We'll talk about we that later. Sure cannot. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we sure cannot. But yes, he came in clutch with at least two massive saves, four saves in total, I believe. They had four shots on target, four saves. Um, yep. No, he was a he was a beast. He was fantastic. Yes. yes, he was. So hats off to you, Sean Mellon. Maybe we'll yep. talk about you later. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You'll have to yeah. stay tuned to find out. <laughs> uh, yeah. So both teams but going back to shots. stats. Oh yeah, sure. Going back to stats. That's it. Yeah, shots. Fourteen shots. 14. Eight on target. That's like two games in a row. We've done that. <laughs> yeah, eight for eight. Like eight out of fourteen were on target, and three were blocked. Which means really we had three errant shots for the entire match. Yep. And I'm like, this is yep. the level that I want our shooting stats to be yep. at. And I think that everyone mm-hmm. out there is listening probably also wants that to be the case too. Yeah. When mm-hmm. I, again, like we're, we're, we're getting the numbers, but even if you compare us to Halifax for this match, they had 14 shots, five on target or sorry, five off target, four on target, all saved and then five blocked. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, that to, to me, that's a testament to our back line, but our offense is also getting some accolades from me here because I do think that the pressure that we're starting to put on other teams is starting to pay off as the players gel a little bit. I think we talked mm-hmm. about this at the start of the season. That was our big yeah. concern was bringing in a lot of players and kind of mm-hmm. adding new ingredients to the, to the Atleti stew that we were cooking last season. Um, and I think yep. we saw it in a few games where things just didn't work or, or players didn't communicate well or relationships aren't weren't as strong as we wanted them to be absolutely and and then we saw those types Mm -hmm. of results and this game was a perfect example of those those relationships starting to click you know we're starting to see the back and forth between players um you're starting to see you know guys like assy reading reading the long balls before he even starts that run down the right side of the the wing or you know the the interplay between dos santos and bassett or 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 bassett and malcolm shaw um so really really impressed with with kind of how the team is starting to to shape up um and i'm really hoping we see more of this type of performance uh going forward this season yeah and absolutely like you mentioned with uh, the team starting to gel a lot more. And we saw that like with, with the, the Bassett Assy connection on the right uh, side is insane. So good. Man. So good. It's insane. He, it's fantastic. When, when Assy drove down the far right side to all the way to the byline on that Ollie Bassett, like long ball and almost crossed it. Uh, I think it was Gianni had a shot uh, on, on the far side of the six yard box. I was like, ah, ah, that's the kind of connections I love yeah. to see between those two. That's what we need. Yeah. And I loved, I loved, um, I, I love the fact that I know that it's it's annoying that our our midfielders um uh when Bohus or Verhoeven when they're on the left side and Bassett on the right side I know it can be annoying for some that they're pushed so far to the side because we we attack down the wings rather than through the middle but mm-hmm. it means that the interplay on the outside doesn't happen with the fullbacks or wingbacks like you often see in modern football. We're doing the 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 you know the proper four four two four one four one type dealio where it's the midfielder and the winger that are interplaying on the mm. side, and then you know 
And I kind of like that because, yeah, it leaves our midfield numbers dwindled, but, you know, we still have, we have a, a, a full force back four uh, if a counter happens. We don't yeah. have a wing back pushed all the way up the pitch, and then we're all of a sudden we're vulnerable in the back because there's only two center backs uh, left yeah. to guard. Yeah, so, exactly. And we obviously, that's the, the, obviously more of the attacks were going down the right than down the left, but when they did go down the left with uh, DeSantos and Bahus, you know, that was clicking as well. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I think we've been waiting up until, you know, what are we, eight games in the season? Yeah. We've been waiting to see that. And this was, to me, the first time we saw that consistently for an entire 90 minutes. We've seen it, you know, yeah. the last 10 minutes of the second half or the second half or maybe 15 minutes in the first half. But this was the first time to me where I sat down and I genuinely enjoyed watching Atletico Ottawa play for 90 straight minutes, which is not something <laughs> I should say, but it is something I think we've all come to experience watching this team. Um, so we yeah. just need to keep doing a lot more of that. No, you're right. Beginning to end, it was good to watch. And we, we yeah. said this in the last episode, too. We want we want the second half against Forge to sort of carry us momentum into the next few games. And that's what happened. We yep. <laughs> we played as well as that. Lots of attacking, uh, uh, not just sitting back, doing some pressing, um, linking up, trying things, being creative. You know, and that's something yeah. we don't often do. So, no, it was good. It was just good football for all 90 minutes. Uh, yeah, and I think even the commentators were talking in the first half about it, where they were like, this is not the normal, like, Atletico, sit back Atletico Ottawa we're used to. And I'm like, no, it's not. I, like, remember, like, yelled at my TV when I was watching it. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so, but we yeah, were con- was- one, of the, one of the things that I loved is we were confident in possession, and so many yes. times we're not. You know what I mean? 81% pass accuracy. You love to see it, man. Like, we, we know how to cut off, keep possession and wait for our chances and then take them. And then waiting for those chances gave us three big chances to there, too, and eight shots on target. I mean, well, what and, more can you ask for, really, other and, than and, better finishing? Yeah, and that's just <coughs> it. Like, you talk about... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you talk, about, you talk about waiting for our chances. I mean, even if you look at, like, our passing stats, our accuracy was pretty close to theirs. But we had... 124 passes in their their half and the or sorry in the mm-hmm. final yeah in their half um and they had yep. 305 they tripled us in passing <laughs> in our half and yet we still scored two goals but, and looked and looked dangerous the entire time yeah. however this is pretty interesting though because we we had more passes in our own half than they had in their own half and normally we actually trail both of those stats. Usually, the other team yes. has more passes in their own and also in ours. We trail all of it. I think this is the first time in recent memory I can remember us actually leading a passing stat, which is, yeah. you know, it's, a tur- it's turning the tide. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that that's just another piece in, in the, the, you know, whatever Carlos is building with this team. Um, yeah. And that's, to me, that's a piece you hold on to. And we talked about it like mm-hmm. last week. We said, like, what are the things we need to, hold on to and it was how we played in the second half and how we played was that strong confident high press attack when we have the ball and then the 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 rapid reconstruction into the defensive juggernaut that is ato no absolutely i was like i was um i was following like the match thread a little bit on like discord Mm. i don't really go on those anymore but i was following a little bit and then someone mentioned they're like why do they always have numbers going forward and numbers going backwards and I love that that someone noticed that because <laughs> that's not th- was, this, yeah. this. We always we were, we've been always you know complaining that we'll get forward and there'll be nobody there in support. Nobody lay the ball off to. 
But this time, when when Assy is forward, and you know, obviously his cross accuracy is not very good, and that was that's one of his weak points. But there's still two or three players there available for mm-hmm. him to cut back to. When Gianni goes up for that big shot with that big save, there was two or three players there he could have cut it across to. We spent the beginning of the season not having that. We would get up yeah. there and there'd be no one in support. But now be we, Sam Salter. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, that's it. We might as well be nobody. And but and then but now we have numbers in both directions. And you're absolutely right. When it's on, when the attack is on, the attack is on. But when it's time to get back and defend again, like we still have numbers hanging back. And this is this is a tactical thing, right? This is a coaching thing. Yeah, and I, I think that out in the league, like I would say, we're probably one of the few teams that can actually pull that off. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just that's just really a, an accolade or Carlos Gonzalez to kind of hold on to, because I think that he brought that structure of play to the team. And it's, it's wonderful to see when it's working and when other teams try it mm. and it doesn't work, it's also wonderful to see uh, because we've been doing it for almost well, a season and a half. Um, and it's, it's great to see mm. when we're, when we're defending, somehow we still have more defenders and on their attackers, even though we just finished an attacking play. It's great. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously on our two, on our two goals on those breaks, you know, we saw how they were exposed in the back, you know, we yeah. had, we had open people, you know, we had, you'd get up there and then the first one was a rebound. And the second one was someone running late into the box for the cutback. It's like, we, we over, we outnumbered them going in each, in every direction. And I feel like, I feel like that our, our midfield is so thin because of that. Like, I think mm. we sacrificed the midfield battle in order to have numbers both forward and backward. And that can be, uh, you know, uh, tricky to do. It can be dangerous to do as well, you know, when you have too much space in between the lines, as they say, and then you, and then mm. you can't link up properly. So that's why all of our link up goes along the wings. <laughs> and then we basically yep. leave the middle of the park kind of wide open, but that's, we're okay with that, you know? Yeah, and the, but the only reason we're okay with that is because you have our defensive line pulling off performances like they did on the weekend and not every team has a fully solid defense like some teams will have you know a cb that's decent or maybe like a cb and a left back that are good but you know this game we've got sing espeo and we met with a cost of tracking back as well like you can't mm-hmm. you, you can't knock that 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 four cb line nope it's good. Um, yep, it's so. I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to mention something. This has nothing to do with this game, but we were talking about the passing stats, and you thought that cargo sometimes played terrorism football. Did you see the stats of over the weekend the relegation match um, in Spain between uh, Valladolid and uh, Getafe? Oh, uh, I did not. I saw. So, okay. I saw this morning that they got relegated, though, which sucks. Sorry. Do you do you want to know how many how many passes Getafe completed in that game? Yes, I do. Because I love me some terrorism football. 64. <laughs> <laughs> they can put with an act with a pass accuracy, with a pass accuracy of 40%. <laughs> accurate passes, that's 64 passes, a possession of 20%. Ugh. <laughs> And uh, they didn't they allow one single shot on target. The pa- the passing ma- the passing matrix is basically just a solid line between the keeper and the striker. <laughs> like they just dumped it up and said, "All right, you just you guys try and score on us." Anyways, uh, I just thought that was hilarious. Sixty four passes. We're doing quite a bit better than that. Well, it's it's hilarious and also just it's heartbreaking because right. like that sucks to get relegated on a match like that. All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> and they knew what they needed and they went and they got it. <laughs> uh, anyways, it's a good thing we don't have to watch that week in and week out. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, even if we did, though, if we if we could do that, I would be happy as well, because I think <laughs> I think that type of football is hilarious. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's speaking beautiful. of. Our defensive yeah. stats were fantastic, weren't they? That's they were great. They were great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, first I want to talk about this funny stat, clearances. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ATO, 24 clearances. clearances. You know, we're, <laughs> we're fairly well known for, for clearances. Halifax, That's eight. insane. That's such a stupidly <laughs> large amount. Eight. Eight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was good, honestly. Uh, I mean, tackles were pretty third. even. Uh, we beat them by one interception blocks mm-hmm. were five, three for us. Uh, keeper saves were six, four for them, but it didn't matter because they missed the two that mattered. Um, <clears throat> ground duels. I mean, like, again, a lot of the stats for this match were just relatively even. They, they, w- the only stat they really beat us on was successful dribbles, but yeah. they still couldn't score. Even with the their ground duels thing is like, we, like, we, like we said, they, they basically, we basically let them run the midfield. So they're going to, they're going to lead stats like that. Yep. You know what I mean? Which is fine. Yes. Um, well, I mean, not fine. I'd rather them not, but, you know, we, we, can, we can handle it. Exactly. Exactly. Aerial duels won. Obviously, we lead because we always lead because of our handsome 19-year-old Spaniard in the back. Uh, but when we talk about aerial duels, can we also talk about Zach Verhoeven, who isn't normally <laughs> known for aerial duels, but somehow managed to win aerial duels against a dude that was twice his size? Let me see how tall he actually is. Nimmer. I kind of want to know the difference. This yeah. dude is six foot two. <laughs> and Zach Isn't that incredible? is five five. Is five five. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has jumps has and then wins the aerial solid, duel with the header. This dude has a solid goal. foot on Zach <laughs> So good. <laughs> oh man, Dude, every, I love. Like, I don't understand how that happened. Yeah, Jack Verhoeven, what is it? What, what can this kid not do? What can this kid not do? And honestly? he's such a he's such a like lucky charm for our team. He comes on and suddenly we're just like yep. much better than we were before. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I love it. I love. We'll it. definitely talk yeah. about him during standout players, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Which actually, why don't we just head there right now? Standout players. Do you want to? Uh, who's like? Who's for the top for you? Okay, I'm gonna say this off the top because I know that we have both been a little hard on him so far mm. this season, but I have to talk about Sean Melvin. Mm-hmm. So Johnny and I have been kind of a little bit rough on on the lad, basically since the season started. Uh, I feel like, yeah, I mean, I feel like over the last week, it's been like, you know, the movie, The Revenant, Johnny and I are like the angry bear that just mauls Leonardo DiCaprio and Leonardo DiCaprio in this case is Sean Melvin. And then somehow he crawls back to training camp and now he's out for blood against the Halifax Wanderers. Cause like, what a game, what a game Sean Melvin had, like just absolutely incredible. He was everywhere Mm -hmm. he needed to be. And can we discuss that save on Rampersad? It was probably one of the best saves I've seen ever in the CPL. And it's Sean Melvin (laughs) against Rampersad. Yeah. And like, uh, like, and he's a good player. You have no business saving that. He didn't. He didn't. Because Rampersad is is scary. And he's incredibly good at what he was doing, which is finishing off a set piece. We're weak against set pieces. Rampersad's a quality player. And... Yeah. Then Melvin just comes out of nowhere and just stone cold stunners him out of it. Like I was just, 
I, I, I jumped out of my seat and I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I could not believe that he saved that. Couldn't no, it was it. ridiculous because that set that like routine didn't even require a striker to finish it. Like that routine was basically drawn up so that any dickhead that ended up being in that position was it would be able to get the tap in. And that and it worked and it should have worked. And, but, but the fact and that yet, Sean Melvin Sean was Sean Melvin's like, I don't oh think my so. Goodness. I don't think He's so. Like, absolutely but, uh, not. <laughs> yeah, no, it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. four so, saves, uh, seventeen accurate passes, man. Five accurate long balls. These are things that we were not seeing from him in the past few weeks. No, true, true. Uh, yeah, he just put out a stellar performance. Um, again, you know, not to toot our horn, but we've been grinding the guy out, and now he's playing well. <laughs> you know, proof is in the pudding, I'm everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so I would I would definitely put Sean Melvin as number one. To me, he was the unsung hero of of, of the entire match. Yeah, because he kept us yeah. in this. Well, he that had the long easy, he had the long ball that resulted in um. In, oh like, the yeah, first the, first, goal. the first goal. Was, yeah, either the, either the first or the second the first, goal. I think it was the first goal. But yeah, yeah. either either way, yeah. that could have easily been a draw if Sean Melvin wasn't on his mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Oh no, it could easily been a loss. That goal goes in, and that changes the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. So you know. Different yeah. start. So Melvin's Melvin's definitely at the top for me. Yep. Yeah. Um, he he and, made uh, team of the week. He Speaking did. Speaking of someone else who made team of the week, Hollywood. I'm gonna put Hollywood on here, and who I else? know he's basically he lives on this list and lives in our hearts and our brains mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the Gatorade Player of the Week. Obviously, uh, his sign has moved, but his quality of play has not changed. Uh, <laughs> it's I mean it's weird too because I. I looked at his stats after the game. So watching the game, like all of you at home or wherever you are, yeah. um, or if you were at TD Place, the entire time I was like, man, Ollie is having a hell of a game. Like just killing it as usual, controlling mm-hmm. the mids, doing his thing. Mm-hmm. But then afterwards, I was like, oh, well, uh, let me check his stats. And his stats were a bit of, it's a bit of They're a weird great. one when you, look, when you look at the straight numbers. 33% yeah. shot accuracy, two for four on long crosses, one for five on long balls, and he lost five out of eight ground duels. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, yeah. you watched the match. Not great. Did it look like it was indicative of it? Probably not. <laughs> no, it's it's one of the, it's one of those weird situations, right? And you always say, "Oh, stats aren't important," but sometimes they are, and sometimes they're not. And but this is just you know when you're running the play and exuding so much confidence, and really at the heart of everything, mostly everything good happening on the mm-hmm. on the pitch. Then, you know, you, you don't, things like a lost ground duel don't really stick out, you know, especially as we say in our type of play, which is not really going through the midfield at all. Like he's a creator, you know, Yeah, he's a creator. And, and we were also pressing higher, I think than usual. So there's a lot more, like you said, space between the lines and, and that draws down all these statistics, but I don't think it affected his actual impact on the field. No, I mean, he doesn't, he does not, he's not asked to be defensive. Right. Yeah. He's asked to create three chances, which he did. Yep. So. Plus he got, a, plus he got a goal. So you know what? Plus Just he got missed. a goal. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There you go. We basically, we basically have given, given him the, the, the messy Neymar, just free reign card. You just go do what you I want. Know. You don't have to be it's, defensive. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And you know what? He, he still, and he still delivers every week, mm-hmm. which is yep. incredible. Um, so keep I'm it really, up. Ollie. 
I'm really loving his like more attack minded uh, sort of play ever since ever since he was so pissed during the cavalry game to be sitting so far back and he started running up and pressing from the front at like 70 minutes in ever since then he's been just playing further forward like I remember last season a lot of the time he'd be in like a midfield two, like a midfield pivot like sort of further back really dictating play from behind being like a deep lying playmaker now he's making those late runs into the box like a 10 Mm -hmm. you know what i mean he's there to pick up the ball when it when it rebounds out like he he's part of the numbers going forward yeah and uh it's great to see a completely different side of his game and you know he's just a beast like god damn is he in such a rich vein of form right now five 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 goals in the season four goals four goals in the season i think he's got now yeah still i mean we're what eight games in and four goals in eight games ridiculous pretty good pretty good yeah so um yeah and the third i would probably i mean i would be remiss if i didn't put diego espeo on here after that performance 86 percent accurate passes he had a shot on net which isn't usual for him um six passes no third when did he have a shot on net did i miss (laughs) something (laughs) i uh i i i tried to scoot back to find it um but yeah he did he had one shot total (laughs) shots one (laughs) <laughs> so that's so funny he must have had a cracker point, yeah just from, so, from far uh, out probably yeah, said you know re- what screw it re- i'm gonna give it a yeah, shot very likely um but yeah three <laughs> three recoveries and nine clearances so he had we had what 24 so he diego had nearly half of our clearances yeah. <laughs> and he went four for four in aerial duels he so, had more clearances he had more halifax. clearances than the halifax wanderers <laughs> did <laughs> <laughs> let's go (laughs) man i love that that's that's the best stat i think i've read all night (laughs) yeah no i think yeah it was it was good and and i think it's cool too because we've kind of started to see diego mature into his role like he came to us as a raw 19 year old talent Mm -hmm. out of the atletico madrid um uh you know school and i think all of us saw the potential but he was still 19 and you know he's mm-hmm. bound and determined to make some bonehead plays like we all did when we were 19 um and yeah. I, f- I, f- I find now that we're you know what a quarter way through the season he's started to settle down he's making mm-hmm. smart plays he's helping structure set piece even though our set piece is garbage he's trying to help um and yeah just getting the ball in the air any anywhere in the 18 yard box amazing stuff just uh man diego Espeo. Never leave. Never he's, leave. I find he's a perfect partner to um he's a perfect partner to like Luke Singh, I find, mm-hmm. because basically they, they offer two different things, right? Like when Luke gets the ball, so he he'll do one of two things. Either he'll just lay it off to Diego for the for to start the play because he's because Diego's better with like the long balls or just even the passes, uh yeah. short passes out wide. But uh if Luke Singh keeps it, he like <laughs> you notice how he loves to run up the field and like dribble through the midfield every now and then? And uh, like uh, it's hilarious. I love it. Love it when center backs do that because they usually yeah, get way farther than they themselves expect to because no one's expecting them to do it. So they're just like, yeah, it's, it's wait, like a what, cheeky, what are you it's doing? like a cheeky play that no yeah. one is really like, yeah. <laughs> reading, and they're like, oh my god, how did he get there? Yeah. So yeah. Um, Diego, being such a great, you know, Atletico sort of system player, um, when yeah. Luke makes those runs, he can shift over and you know basically cover the ground in the back. Um, while our little little adventurer goes on an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I and yeah, again, I think that that's just speaking more to 
the gelling of the team yeah, being able to play absolutely. play and and read each other like that it's it's pretty good mm-hmm. um and and then i'm you know lastly i'm gonna i i loved malcolm shaw this week i liked him a lot yeah like he was a bit of a mm-hmm. ghost last week uh and i don't know if it was getting called yeah. up to the trinidad and tobago national team huge shout out to malcolm and the shaws congratulations let's go that's, let's go that's sick huge man yeah. huge just gigantic massive even uh, but awesome, awesome, awesome to yeah, hear. Massive, I don't know even it, you might say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was that or something else, but he he put in 84 minutes, uh, and the finish on his goal, uh, uh, classic Malcolm Shaw, just like read the play perfectly. It was ridiculous, dude. <laughs> one one great thing I want to mention about that finish, um, <clears throat> about that goal is how friggin' smart it was that he got back on side, um, yes, before yeah. he hit the ball because he was offside. He was offside. 100, he was, but. Yeah. Their defender had moved back, and then he also moved back. Also, he obviously had to move back to get to the ball, but he moved back to get in, back into an onside position. And then, yeah, the little chip with 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 the with the foot completely extended back, but but to, yeah. but to angle it like forward as well, like such a poacher's goal. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I know he was on our like bit of a disappointment last week, but this week I really like to see Malcolm Shaw out there doing his thing. Really, really good. Um, yeah, that's well, I kind of that's the I form we my, love to see from him. Yeah, and I had my eyes open a little bit um, because on the broadcast they mentioned this, and I and I always kind of thought this, but I didn't really know, think have a way to put it into words. But they were absolutely right when they're like a striker in this system doesn't their their job isn't necessarily to you know be that goal scorer because you know last two seasons or this season included you know Ollie Bassett's been our leading goal scorer so a, a striker's job in this system is almost more to occupy the center backs and yep. sort of pull them out of position and you know every now and then be able to lay the ball off maybe get an assist or just keep an attack going or something like that so yeah he got dispossessed four times but you know what he drew fouls in the he, he drew free kicks in dangerous positions as well so if he if he's pulling those center backs out of position, then that leaves space for our wingers and our and our midfielders that are linked with our wingers on either side to to go and exploit that space. Yeah, he was drawing he was drawing defenders in, and yes, when they dispossess him, that's obviously a quote unquote negative stat. Mm-hmm. But they're still having to expend the effort to challenge and take the ball from him, mm-hmm. which gives our wingers and and you know our CB, our center mm-hmm. mids the time they need to close out that gap and, and mm-hmm. maybe turn, you know, get a recovery or, or turn, turn the attack, turn the attack onto the defense. Yeah. I'm sure he'd like love to be scoring more goals, but as long as he's doing his job in this system, you know, he's not going to be losing his starting spot, especially when, uh, when the only other player breathing <laughs> down his neck right now is Sam Salter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 he's got a he's got a bit of a way to go i think bit of a way to go um i yeah. want to single out zakaria Bahus this week yeah. i think All that right. this kid is coming so much into his role he is improving so much he's 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 like a he's a starter by by uh virtue now he's earned that starting spot it's yeah. not only because of minutes he's not even under 22 anymore but I mean, like some of this kid's passes, 82% pass accuracy, you know, three out of four accurate long balls, insane. Yep. Two, two out of three tackles, one, three out of five ground duels, one. Here's a guy, five recoveries, three interceptions. You know, here's a yep. guy that so often last season, we were, we were seeing him get muscled off of the ball. Um, if you were too physical with him, you basically took him out of the game. 
you know, here's a here's a dude that went and hit the gym over the winter and then came back like a you know a more grown up man. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing it, and I love the and I love having him as an actual bona fide starter piece or rotation piece in our setup rather than just an under twenty one minute farmer. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean it's 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 I don't want to say it's tough because I mean I wish he was still twenty one because I mean, he still count those <laughs> minutes. But yeah, I, I agree. I think that that he spent a lot of time last year playing for us because we needed him to play for us and rack those minutes. He's mm. good, or he was good last season. But like the, the the other asterisk next to his name was whether or not he was good enough to start when we don't need him for under twenty one minutes. And I think you're right. I think he's yeah. definitely proven so far this season that he deserves a spot on the starting 11. And also, you know what? Even if he was 21, we wouldn't really, it wouldn't really be that big of a deal because we're currently sitting fourth place on the table right now for under 21 minutes. Johnny. Yeah, we're not Johnny, even close to being to, worried about that anymore. Like Johnny, we don't have to, we don't have to talk about under 21 minutes. <laughs> we don't, we don't have to. We have 740. We're doing it. great. <laughs> we're quarter way through the season. <laughs> We're 740. That's like almost halfway there. That's that's over a third of the way there. And we're yeah, a quarter yeah. of the way through the what, season. You know that's what cool. team should be worried though? York. They have 164. What? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they sign 66 players? Like, aren't any of them under 21? <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently not. Jesus. Get it together. Yeah. Yep. Get yep. it together. So, yeah. No, agreed. There was a lot to choose from this week for standouts, but those are just a few. Yep. Absolutely. Um, who are you disappointed in? Um, in a reversal of last week and the week before, there was stunningly little to complain about this week for yeah. us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, if we're going to say a player is quote unquote a disappointment, like to me at this point, that just means they're like a low seven stat on FlopMob, which for those of you that don't, yeah. are unfamiliar with FlopMob, like seven is pretty decent. Like you put out a good game if you got like mm-hmm. a seven or a 7.3 or whatever. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I was ha- if I if I had to pick, I would probably say I didn't like Noah Verhoeven. I know he only came on for twenty three minutes, but didn't have a yeah. great twenty three minutes. I would say um, over three on ground duels, eleven I mean, touches, and yeah, you know what? And again, when I say these people are disappointments, all of them have asterisks next to them. Because mm-hmm. honestly, if I was going to say disappointments, no. I would probably say nothing. The only disappointment for me yeah. was that <laughs> I don't know. Gianni missed that, that goal. <laughs> the, for me, that's probably the only player I would put on a disappointment list. Yeah, and for that, like that's I don't care. I don't care what position you play. I don't care what your excuse is. That ball's got to go in the back of the net. And that combined with like fifty nine percent accuracy on passes. <laughs> well, Not yeah, right. little things like that for sure. Um, he had stone cold yellow card tackles against him not called because he spent the first half of the game diving and that's yes. not a good thing. Yeah. That is not well, a good I, thing. I would he's got to, he's got to cut that out because then people will start like that. I don't, obviously, you know, everybody knows the officiating in that game was terrible. Um, mm-hmm. you know, someone could have gotten hurt. Like they were, it was almost like they were like, you know, every foul, they were like, duck, 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 goose. Okay, I'll actually call this foul now. And, 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 you know, the worst, the worst, and Johnny, the worst part about this is we kind of bitched about last year. We bitched about the officiating like basically mm-hmm. all year because, yeah. you know, you'd look at the cards in a game and you'd be like, oh, we gave out six yellows and a red card. And it's like, yeah. that's a lot. And and we've almost, like, again, I think, I don't know if they're they're listening or they're, you know, whatever. But yes, you're right. This this game had three yellow, four yellow cards, 
That's it. And uh, watching it, I'm like, there could have been a lot more than that because some of those plays were real dangerous. And so, that's the thing I is mean, that when you let it get out of hand, then then players start getting bolder, right? And like, yeah, it's it's almost more dangerous. I'd rather have someone being card happy and, and just completely ruin the momentum of the game than have someone you know let him play to the point where where people are getting hurt and calls aren't happening, you know. And that's that's what ended up happening with him. Yeah. So what Johnny and I are trying to say is that we want you to be card happy, but also don't give too many. Cards. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Johnny, he's got a score there. <clears throat> he's got yeah, a score agreed. there, and it would be nice to have more competition for his position because right now his only competition for his position is, I believe, Zach Verhoven. Uh, and obviously, we need him as a super sub. So, yeah, and Gabriel Antonoro. I believe in. Gabriel Antonoro likes drifting on the left too. So. But I mean, he's not really been in the equation for a while, so. No, no. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, I, I would rather just keep Gianni on there because he does bring, honestly, he does bring speed. And yes, he doesn't finish, but he he brings a bit of a threat to the offensive line um, in mm-hmm. that he's constantly peeling defenders off to have to, like, chase after him, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, we would yeah. love to see you please start to finish. We do need Gianni to actually score some goals. Um, and I think he, he has what one this season so far. Yeah. So there's he's got the one, should, he got the one against Valor. Yeah, this should have been another. Um, and here we are. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, there was there was like two. He had the two big shots, right? One one of them was when he was when he was driving in from the left, and um, he uh, he could have cut it back to Ollie, who was as they yeah, said true. on on the broadcast, standing there like the Christ the Redeemer statue, just waiting for the ball. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But he took the shot instead, and you know what? That pro- that that was still a high probability shot. Yeah, you know I, could, I, mean? I like, could, honestly, when I saw that, I I, I didn't blame him for not dishing the ball off. I thought he it was going to go fair, in. Yeah, he had a fair opportunity to put in the net, yep. and yep. he didn't. And that's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah. But if Gianni, but then, yeah, big chance number two, you got to be putting little, that in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yep. <clears throat> so um, areas of improvement, we obviously know what it is. Set piece to yeah, I yeah, every single game, dude. Yeah, we sound like double broken records. Um, Rampers, honestly, if we're being honest with ourselves, everyone out there who's listening, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rampersad should have scored that goal. Yep. Like our defense completely fell off the marks and it was a classic set piece failure, ATO set piece failure. And luckily, Mm -hmm. you know, Melvin channeled his inner Thibaut Courtois and (laughs) managed to somehow... (laughs) Save that shot, but and you know he's he. It's just like man, I I love I I love Sean Melvin this game. He was just so good. But I was so everything about that set piece pissed me off because by by the mm-hmm. time that uh, Rampersad got the ball and he took the shot, um, there was three Halifax players wide open, all of them yep. onside. <laughs> if he didn't okay. grab, if he didn't get the ball, someone else would have, and if that person missed it, someone else would have been there as well. They had three unmarked onside players right in the path of that ball. But it's okay, Johnny, because I think Gianni Dos Santos had his arm up trying to argue that it was offside. <laughs> it's good enough. Good enough. <laughs> oh. Good defending. Mm. Arm up is fantastic defending. But no, it pissed me off, dude. And like, especially um, when they have, let me see how many corners did they have. They had five, five corners. And every single time they took a corner, I was terrified. I was like, that's we're going to lose our clean sheet. That's, that's no, it's, the, it's becoming norm. the norm, isn't it? And I, it's not becoming. Really hate it. <laughs> it has always been the norm. Set pieces are terrifying <laughs> to us. That's our kryptonite, man. <laughs> yeah. No, it's yeah, it's so dumb. 
And I don't know why this is like, I don't, I, I, I opined about it in the group chat after it. I was like, is it because these guys are so used to playing in like a sort of zonal system defensive shape that their that their man to man marking required for set pieces is not up to snuff, but I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a coach. You know what I mean? Like it's probably a dumb thing to say. I say dumb things all over these episodes, but either way, they got to send someone out here to help us because it's becoming a problem. It sure is. It sure is. Anyways, moment yeah, of the match, so. other than having our friggin' hearts jump out of our chest because we totally thought we were going to go down 1-0 early. <laughs> yes. Um, honestly, for me, the moment of the match uh, was nothing that happened during the entire 90 minutes. Okay. Um, the goals, great. Defense, back to classic ATO strength. Even St. Miguel had a performance in the six, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um. But no, for me, the moment of the match was when the entire team came over and joined in the Shalala chant after the match, like final whistle. Um, man, I legitimately got goosebumps watching that video. Like for me, it's moments it's moments like that that become like ingrained in you as a supporter. Um, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it's funny because like the last few weeks, well, the last 200 plus days, we as fans have had, I would call them legitimate grievances <laughs> about how the team was performing at home. Yeah. And to me, this was our club yeah. responding to that message. Uh, and while I'm immensely jealous of everyone that was in the dub and got to be there physically for that moment, <laughs> uh, I'm even more happy that you guys got to have that moment with the players because there's, there's, it's magic. That's magic, man. Like watching that go down and how excited the players were <laughs> and the fans were. Um, to me, that was the moment of the match, even though it wasn't in the match, it was amazing to watch that, that interaction between the club and the fans. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. And it's, it's like, it's like back to old ways because last season before the drought started, you know, they used to do that every other week. You know what I mean? Like you'd get, you get lots of those. I mean, I, I never, I, I've been there at least, I think, two or three times when that's yep. happened, you know, because yeah, we had a good performance. Um, and then and then we went almost 10 games in a row at home without being able to do that. You know, not, but I think that I think that that's what makes this one special. That's what know? makes like, this one as, special. As, and everyone knows as, the as, team knows it was like 10 or almost 10 in a row. Everybody knows it's not been good enough. And yeah. And then Huge we got this. So um, amazing. Really, really cool to see that. Um, and just the joy on everyone's face, both sides of the both sides of the barrier. It was mm-hmm. oh, so good. What about you? What's your uh, what's your moment of the match? Loved it. Um, honestly, probably that, too. It was just so like we talked about all the great stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, Ver- Ver- Verhoeven winning winning the the header was probably my other one. That <laughs> so was just funny. hilarious. Like, what is what is the he had no kid, business winning that header. No, it's dumb. And 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 then the ball around the outside to Verhoeven mm. as well before he set up the second goal, like that little outside the foot to go around the corner. Yep. I'm like, what are you doing? You have no business doing any of these things. Dude comes on for 23 minutes, and creates two chances. <laughs> <laughs> Has a successful dribble. Wins two tackles as well. It's so dumb. Wins five ground duels. Like, what? One aerial duel yep. one. We obviously know which one that was. But, uh, yeah, and, yeah. and yeah, for me, Verhoeven is just a moment of the match in himself. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, it's got to be the shot at the end. It was so symbolic. And uh, it was. like I said, the players knew it. The coach knew it. They were, they were in a really bad place as far as their home performances go. And this was, we really needed this one. When we did, and we got it, and I just, I don't know, I, I, I liked it a lot. We gotta build on it. That can't be a yeah. fluke. Yep, yep. Oh god, if it was a fluke, that would be the worst. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you've heard enough from us. Now it's time to hear from you. CCSG Mailbag. We got a heavy mailbag this week, don't we, Patty? Uh, yeah, it's a hefty one, man. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a real, real, a lot of, a lot of letters in. in here. Yep, exactly. That's what happens <laughs> you win. So uh, welcome to the mailbag segment of ATO After the Whistle. Uh, this is the segment of the podcast where we get to hand the reins over to you for all your crazy ideas and your your hot takes and your questions and queries and weird inside jokes that johnny and i probably won't get um but you know what you sent them in and we'll read them uh it's the best part of being a member of the capital city supporters group is uh you know you get a section of the podcast that's just for you guys um so let's without further adieu Let's uh, let's reach in and see what we got. I'm going to ask you this one because I thought you knew what this was referring <laughs> to, but apparently you don't and I don't either. But I think we can infer. Um, yes. I recorded Assy's left foot making contact with the ball at 13 minutes and four seconds of match number eight. Who wins the pool? <laughs> I, and it is he is a very one footed player, isn't he? <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't again, I don't know who's in the pool, uh, but whoever, I mean, I guess whoever picked that time, that's a lot. That's a lot. Man, that would be a long shot time, though. Like that. You'd have to be really you're really deep into the guesses if you're like eight game eight. 13 minutes <laughs> that's so long for him to touch the ball with his left foot um yeah so I, I i don't i don't know who wins it but i don't know i hope i hope i hope they celebrate honestly because that is that is a deep guess that's a that's a real hail mary of a guess i think it's it, his one-footedness like is a bit of a problem but it's also kind of not when if if his if his mo is basically just going to be to outrun his man on the outside and then cut a ball in then just do that yeah. You know, you don't need yeah. to, you don't, he doesn't, uh, he clearly doesn't need to cut in and shoot because he's got Ollie Bassett there next to him. He can just cut back to him and then he'll be the one that shoots instead. So it's, he is very one footed and it is, he's comically one footed. Um, yes, yes. That, that's, a, that's definitely one of those things that like you train, you can train out of you, I suppose, if you so desire. Um, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. I mean, like me and you are Liverpool, Liverpool fans. Mohamed Salah is one of the most one-footed players I've ever seen in my life. I think True, I'm... but he's also incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and he still scores more goals than anyone, so yeah, whatever. True. He'll be fine. True. I wish I had bet yeah. that in the pool, though, because that would be a crazy payout. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> um, Cargo said he's aiming for two goals a game uh, during Pride Month. Uh, so 10 goals in June for Pride Razor. Do you think we can meet that goal given the matchups? So we've got York and Valor, then Vancouver. Or sorry, uh, VFC and then... Forge, I believe it is. For, uh, are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. York, Vancouver, Forge. Um, okay, so we're sitting at two. Playing York, uh, I think we could probably score at least two in that game. Um, so that would be a put us at four. And then we're going to score five against Valor again. So that's nine. And then we just need one against Forge. <laughs> well, we already have two. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. So, we, you know, we get two against York. That's that's four. Five yeah. against Vancouver. Okay, yeah. That's nine. And then uh, one against Forge. Okay. And there's and their just ten. the one against Forge. Perfect. Yeah, we can do it. We can do it. Or we'll just score eight against Vancouver and then Cargo will say, see, I gave you, uh, I gave you 10 goals, even though we just lose all the other games. <laughs> yeah, but we absolutely uh, destroyed Vancouver again. 
There we go. Again. Yeah. That builds yeah. confidence. Exactly. Um, all right. I'm going to hit you with this one. All right, Johnny. Mm-hmm. If Saturday's yeah. game was a 90s movie, because it was 90s night, for those of you that weren't there, what mm. would the title be and who would be starring in it? For me, the title would be Ollie's World. And it would be all, and it would be Ollie and Gianni, and they'd be Wayne and Garth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's yeah, my pick. I, that's that's honestly that's great. <laughs> and they, man, <laughs> so can't get over that that drip or no drip video with those two guys. Just, just so it's so funny. Like they're 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 interpl- the disrespect like to Dennis Rodman <laughs> rubbed me the I wrong know. way. <laughs> And then they were both like Malcolm Shaw could do. <laughs> oh yeah, so that's good. well. Remember when he went blonde for a little bit last season? Yeah, I remember. I remember. Yeah, you're gonna disrespect yeah, five-time yeah. NBA champion Dennis Rodman. I know he's a bit of a weirdo, and I know he's like really <laughs> way too close to North Korea, but <laughs> but how dare you? <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so it'll be them, man. and it'll be it'll be a Wayne's World parody. I would love that. I would totally, yeah. totally 100% watch that. Yeah. Do you have one? Uh, I know this is one that we would have had to think about beforehand. <laughs> Come up yeah, the cup no, that's something. good. Uh, you know, if I was going to pick a 90s movie, I would probably say, oh, I got one. So I would say uh, Jurassic Park, uh, yeah. Wally as the T-Rex, and uh, Rampersad as the as the dude in the porta potty that gets eaten by the T-Rex. <laughs> that's probably the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it yeah, so much. Yeah. What an iconic so scene. Good. <laughs> yeah, that, that, if I had to pick a that's movie, fantastic. that's the one. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. No, that's yeah, I was trying to like, one. I was trying, I mean, I was trying to think, I was like, you know what makes those scenes so much more powerful is the real animatronic dinosaurs and not mm. CGI. Yeah, true. True. You really, it, you really believe that the guy on the toilet got eaten by a Tyrannosaurus Rex? Yeah, because he did. He got eaten by a robotic Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> he did, he did literally. <laughs> um, in the forward press, which we'll go over in the mention list at the end, but it is a great new article series. Um, coming out of CCSG. In the forward press, it was reported that Carlos Gonzalez said there is a plan in place to fill the sixth gap in the transfer nice. window. How settled do you think that plan is and how confident are you that it will effectively fill that midfield gap? Uh, I think if Carlos says it, it's going to happen. I, so, I don't th- Do you I think that think means they have someone in mind like, or probably. they have someone already ready? I think they have a short list. I think they have a short list yeah. um, and, and some are probably further along than others, but I do think they have a short list. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a, Really, anyone anyone who has vision can see that this is a problem, and and other teams mm-hmm. are starting to see it. So I think Carlos coming in and saying, "Yes, we're going to fix it during the July transfer window." You know what? That's mm-hmm. to me, that's enough. That that might as well be a done deal, man. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm just wondering who it is because, like, with these new roster rules, if they're not Canadian, they have to be like under. 19 or something like that under 20 under or under yeah either way if they're if they're if they're not canadian they have to be like a youth player because we already have over 50 percent of our internationals are like over a certain age it's a dumb freaking rule dude and i don't want to understand it but either way it's probably canadian which makes the research of it like kind of a lot easier and i've been you know i check like transfer market every day 
to see who's like coming out of contract. <laughs> Johnny's doing a, Johnny's doing a deep yeah. dive into <laughs> to see who's coming out of contract this summer, who plays that position, and who is at least partly Canadian. And funny enough, one of the most uh, valuable players on that website that ticks all those boxes is Ben McKendry. <laughs> I don't foresee him coming back. <laughs> I mean, he's currently not playing anywhere. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Could you please, please come back? Come back? <laughs> yes, for a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, yes. Mystery, we will see who it ends up We being. will see. We will see. Um, um, you want to ask me this next one? Yeah, let's do okay. it. Yeah. In our next four games, we face the current top three away and host Vancouver. I like that you separated them. That's That's how it should be. <laughs> How many points would constitute a success in this run of games? So that is, I, I think Vancouver is a must win. I know that they, you know, they've drawn Forge. We've got a clean sheet against Forge. But I mean, for God's mm-hmm. sakes, we smashed them 5 0. I think we should be expected to beat them. Um, they also just put a three past Pacific, although they shipped six to Pacific. So uh, True. we should be getting three points from Vancouver. Um, with Forge and Pacific and York all away, I'd love to get like I'd love to nick a win from York because I love beating York. Um, oh, I love beating York, and I'd love I to just, just Giant Sopolis be sad. Yeah, well, that's just it, right? Like I, I just I, I want Brian Wright to not touch the ball all game. Is what I want. <laughs> but for my my dream run would be three points from Vancouver, three points from York, and if we could leave Forge and Pacific with a point apiece, that would be a dream run for me. Oh, that'd be so good. That'd I'm, be so I'm good. not going to be so greedy and then say that we that I want us to beat either of them because it's a tall order. Um, we could, and I would love it, obviously, but I'm not expecting it, and I think best case scenario, yeah, I think so that's what's uh, so eight points. Eight points of four games is a, is a bit of a lot to ask, but for me, that would be like a very satisfying run. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, we actually kind of went over this a little bit. Antonoro has been sidelined the past few days. What do you think that is? Um, I mean, my gut reaction is probably some kind of potential minor injury, maybe. He's um, on the bench. Yeah, yeah. Or I, I honestly don't know. I think I think that. Probably it's because we don't really need him right now. Because um, yeah. as much as Gianni's like not playing to where we want him to play, he's playing well enough that I don't think he needs to be replaced. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably well. He does get replaced, but he gets replaced with Zach Verhoven, right? Yes, and exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so Antonaro like, is not displacing him. No, exactly. Um, so either the only way I think to me the only way I think Antonaro gets on is if. Gianni drastically falls off and we need to give him a little bit of bench time. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, I think he just keeps being that position and p- potentially playing occasionally when we need him to play. Yeah, I mean, especially if we're going to be playing, because obviously we had started the season a bit with playing like sort of a two up the top. We were doing like a three five two, and and he would mm-hmm. be, you know, one of the three midfielders or one of the front two in that sort of system. Um, and then that wasn't working for us. So we've changed to assist. We've changed to more or less a four, one, four, one. So our rotation on the left wing is Gianni DeSantos and Zach Verhoeven. Our rotation in left midfield is Noah Verhoeven and Zakaria Bahus. So it's, yeah. it's going to be hard for him to play into the team with, with, with that lineup, isn't it? 
Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I think you're probably right. Until any of them so, get injured, then, then he's gonna have to step it up. Exactly. So I, I want to keep him on the bench because I do think he's a quality player. I mm. just don't foresee him joining the roster anytime soon. At least not in a starting capacity, anyways. No, no, exactly. Uh, all right. How much of an effect do you think fan reactions uh, to home performances that TD played into this win? Um, I want to th- say a lot. Like, I know that it's been all over, you know, the social medias. We mm. post it on Twitter all the time. Um, we say it on here all the time. I wouldn't be surprised if, if you know, that makes it to them, whether, whether any of them listen to this or if someone they know tells them things that we've been saying on here, you know, especially if we're talking shit about them. Um, but, <laughs> but I mean, they all knew, right? Like we said earlier, like they all knew how awful this run of home uh performances was and i mean one great thing about having a large fan base is that they're very vocal and very loud so when they're dissatisfied they will let you know right and it's 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 really hard to tone out that tune out that many voices so i would like to think that they were aware of the sort of mood going around the fan base you know, and really, really wanted to correct that. Obviously, every yeah. player wants to win every game. That's a no-brainer. But I think that the mood probably reached its way into that dressing room. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Well, and, and we saw it in some of their like post-game uh, or or posts on Twitter and things like that, where mm-hmm. they 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 showed a bit of contrition towards the fans to say like, "What we're putting out there is not enough for you, and we're going to do better." And then, to me, this was a perfect example of them sticking to their word and doing better yeah and everyone afterwards being a you know big win at home like that was that was a little nod to uh <laughs> to all that nonsense anyway yeah, yeah yeah um exactly. this was here's a couple of players i forgot about neba and sacco are still out do you think they should rush back or is tiso playing well enough to keep that left side comfortable um i think tiso's playing decent honestly i think i think he's consistent right now mm-hmm. um he, he you know he's had a couple dips but most of the time he's playing fairly consistent um so i would rather him fill that role and us continue playing like we did on the weekend than trying mm-hmm. to rush two players back that potentially might aggravate whatever they're dealing with i would i would say tiso's probably still fine to sit in that role yeah well i mean like we said we sort of switched our our our, our tactics almost away from from being able to use Sacco. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he can play that full-on left-back role. Um, and we already went over the rotation that we already have at left wing. So, I mean, unless he's coming in, you know, uh, instead of Zach Verhoeven or if someone's injured, and, you know, even like we said, Antonoro also plays over on that side. I don't really see him getting ahead of Tiso. Um, I would put Niba as soon as he's healthy, but as we know, that's not something that you want to be betting any money on. So yeah. <laughs> I would love to bring them back True. because right now, and I mean, Zach Wah has also been missing. I don't think he's made an appearance this entire season yet. So like Tiso is really all we've got. And as yeah. we know, you know, he can't play 90 minutes every week. No, exactly. So someone's got like, something's got to give. We've got three injured left backs behind Max Tiso right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of depth. Not a lot of depth. Um, I hate this question. Who asked this? How many home games will we have before the next home win? 
Zero, because our next home game's against Vancouver. Yes, that's it. Simple <laughs> answer, zero. Moving on. Um, this, this is three, the, a lot of questions are asking the same thing, but it's a good question. Basically saying, you know, Sean Melvin has been playing well the past few games um, and has been getting better. Uh, not, not just the last game with Forge as well. Um, and given that Ingham is back training with the team and, you know, they'll be competing for the role, um, do you think he jumps right back into it? because Melvin's were flukes or um, do we ride out this sort of hot streak that Melvin's in or what do you do? What do you think? If Ingham comes back fully fit, do you think he jumps right back in or does he have to earn it? I think, I think if, if Nate Ingham comes back fully fit, I think he'll start again. Yeah. I think that, that he has proven himself to be our starting keeper. Mm -hmm. Do I like the fact that Sean Melvin has been playing so well the last few games or the last game at least, um, or, or he's had some, some real, highlight games yeah 100 percent. like to me this was an excellent kind of feather in his cap for playing and starting for atletico ottawa um but i mm. still have i'm going to call them reservations about him being the permanent starting keeper um for us he had a good game i, I don't want to like throw the baby out with the bathwater on this one and say like well this is just you know one of many um but if you look overall yeah. I still would prefer Nate Ingham between the pipes if he was fully healthy. But again, I don't want to rush Nate Ingham back either because if he comes back, you know, great. Um, but maybe he comes back, you know, and he starts a, a game occasionally or whatever. Um, so that's that's kind of how I feel about it. I, I want Ingham back if he's healthy, but I don't mm. want him back if it's going to aggravate his injury, whatever. Yeah, no, agree. Um, it's his hand. By the way, is a broken yeah. hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or right. Like a hand. finger or something, whatever it yeah. was. Which is like <laughs> to be as a keeper, that must suck, man. Because you're like, you, yeah. you, it's not really like it doesn't really stop you from doing anything other than stopping the ball. Is really hurts your hand and you can't do it. Like you know, you can still run, you can still jump, you can still dive, you can still get your hand in the way of the ball, but then. <laughs> But no, dude, it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch the ball, though. <laughs> Do all those things and don't touch it. Yeah, no. But um, I, I also agree, though, that when if he comes back and he's fully healthy, I think he should walk back in the team. He's more than earned that starting spot. Agreed. And I think it would be a really bad message to send to him, especially if he was healthy enough, like, next week or the week after, to be like, oh, no, Melvin's already taking your position. You know? That, yeah. that would be yeah. sending the message to him that he wasn't as important to us as we know he has been. No, exactly. So, yeah, I think he jumps right back in. Um, obviously, Melvin wouldn't want to hear that, but he probably understands he's a backup. You know, like, we can't be doing this. This isn't hockey. Like, you don't have an A-B keeper. You have a one and a two. Yep. Um, all right, I'm going to hit you with this one. Yeah. Considering how utterly hilarious and delightfully shady <laughs> Ollie Bassett and Gianni Dos Santos were in the recent Drip or No Drip video released by ATO, which, if you haven't seen it, please go and watch it right now. It is... Go watch it. Four minutes, and it's hilarious. Um, I'm so anyway. glad that we won that game, because if we didn't, I was going to go comment on all those videos, be like, maybe you should have been practicing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> so salty. Uh, but yes, so given all of that, uh, any thoughts on having them take over hosting duties for ATU After Whistle episode? <laughs> I think they should be training instead. <laughs> <laughs> We we do we do this because we don't have to do lots of physical conditioning things week it's in true. and week out. We just hang around and drink beer and talk about football. 
They have more True. important things to do. It would be very funny because they're clearly very funny people. Maybe in the off season, oh. we'll do a locker room podcast with them or something. Yeah, try and bring them in. Yeah. That'd actually be really good. That would be really funny. <laughs> um, this yeah. one, I, I hate this one too. So I'm going to finish it off by asking it to you. Um, <laughs> Brian Wright has just missed a couple of close opportunities. Um, and also basically purposefully took away one of York's goals in like their first or second game. Um, Amazing. How much will it hurt when he finally bots one against us this week? <laughs> uh, well, it won't hurt because he's not going to, because I honestly don't, th- I think I don't care. Like, I don't think like, I feel like the team is like, yeah, we can get blown out as long as Brian Wright doesn't score on us. <laughs> <laughs> basically I, I want, I want at least two players on him the whole game i don't want him to touch the ball like you said i'll give i i I would rather lose 10 nothing than you know have him score a goal (laughs) uh could you imagine Uh, no you know what i don't even want to imagine that i don't want to imagine that to me that's not something i want to imagine because it will never happen the only goals i want him to score at td i know they're not going to be a td place but next time they are the only goals i want him to score at td place our own goals. <laughs> I mean, so far this season, he's been pretty good at that. So <laughs> <laughs> you'll love to see it. Fantastic mailbag. Like we were mm. saying, very heavy. It was so really, good. really tough to carry this one into the studio. My back's hurting a little bit, but we got there in the end. <laughs> it's because it's because Johnny and I were the reason his back hurts is because we remember the nineties. Unlike <laughs> most of these kids on the drip or no drip video. Yeah, can we talk about them not knowing who Tupac was? I think it was Assy. Can we talk <laughs> about Jean Daniel Assy not knowing who Tupac Shakur was? Oh God! Yeah, that made me feel real old. Yeah, I hated every second of that one. <laughs> the funny, the funny thing is too, is that like I've been consistently listening to hip hop music my entire life, so I could probably even name rappers from like the late two thousands that this kid wouldn't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Honestly. Like he only knows Lil Wayne as an old man <laughs> with, with face tattoos. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I remember him as this 18 year old kid just going buck wild. Yeah. Oh my God. Anyways, enough about that. The dub looked fantastic. Didn't it? We got to double our home goals board. It was just a party, a party and a half. Yeah, it was a party and a half. I loved watching every minute of it. I can only imagine what it would be like to be there. Mm-hmm. I'm extremely jealous. Um, <laughs> My only solace is that my I started vacation this week, so that's that's taking the sting off, but it's not taking mm-hmm. enough of the sting off. Because <laughs> God, I wish I was there. Like, oh, it's these games. These games are like, man, this is what is the like to me. It's games like this that I'm like, I don't understand how anyone, even if you're not like a football fan, you don't understand mm-hmm. what it means to be a football. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's. It's interesting. Actually, yeah. it's funny. A, a friend of mine uh, posted this weekend. They went to an LAFC game um, out in Los Angeles, and they are not mm-hmm. a soccer football fan at all. And all they were posting yeah. was just these like videos and footage and whatever. And the entire time, they're like, "Oh, I totally." They're like, "Oh, I've never seen this before. I've never seen an atmosphere like this before." And, da, da, da. and it's like, yeah, "Yeah, that's that's football, man. That's why it's the beautiful game." Like you don't get that at other sports. Yeah. But you get it here and you get this. Type it's so of true, stuff. man. Especially LAFC, dude. Their fans are pretty sweet. Like their TIFOs are always awesome. And oh, um, obviously man. being they Los a... Angeles, they have a huge like Latino fan base too, right? So they man, do they it like a... they do it their way. 
Bayonetta sick Mortal Kombat Tifo, and it was like uh, it was like <laughs> Sub Zero, I think, and it was like finish him in like giant letters, and massive so Tifo. It's like it was it was pretty cool. <laughs> but either way, it I was neat it, to dude. just like see someone that isn't a fan at all be like, maybe I am a soccer fan, and I'm like, exactly, exactly. Maybe I am. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you could definitely pick worse teams in the MLS to to start being fans of. You, you ever you ever see that LAFC supporters group that's like basically they just all have all this weed themed merchandise? <laughs> yes, they like yeah, the Photoshop dude. logo with the joints in it and stuff. Dude, it's so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, if there's another if there's another team that I think is well, another group of supporters I think that are as dope as Montreal, it's definitely LAFC. Yeah. I wanted to buy one of those scarves. The the forty two oh. originals, so like four yeah, twenty yeah, four two four two oh yeah. I I want it, so I want one of their scarves, but they're sold out. But they're so good. <laughs> uh, anyways, enough about yeah. them. More about us. Next matchup away at York Friday night seven thirty p.m. Be at the GCP to watch that. Do it. It is going to be it's going to be a bloodbath, dude. York are in such a good vein of form right now. I think they're three wins I know, on the I spin, hate aren't it. they? Three, three wins in it. a row? No, it's the I worst. Think they are. It sucks uh, so hard, dude. York? No, I think they might be. I oh, that was great. just a draw. Sorry, their last game was a draw, but before, before that, they were three wins in a row. Yeah, they, oh, just, they yeah. just drew to Valor. I mean, I mean, they should have lost to Valor, to be fair. Maybe we can take advantage of that, uh, you know, d- the heads going down a little bit. Yep. Yeah, I would, I would agree. But yes, yeah. So we have that match. You should definitely go to the GCP and watch it. It's Johnny's right. It's going to be a bloodbath. Right now, our head-to-head with them is three wins to York, one win to us, and eight draws. Jesus Christ, that sucks, <laughs> dude. We need to beat them, and we need to beat them like uh, convincingly as well. It's, it's so I mean, funny we are, that they're where. It's so funny that they're again. where they are and we're where we are because we both have four losses. <laughs> they just yeah. managed to also get four wins where we only got two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, our one win away was away at York Lions Stadium and we were both there for it. So. Yeah, let's just do it again. It's funny let's because we've already again. won at York Lions Stadium this season. It was just against Halifax. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of teams owning other teams, <laughs> Got in. you know I was yeah. you know we uh, other other than the, our first game against them ever in the Island Games, we have not lost to Halifax without Joao Morelli in the lineup. Well, there you go. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy, but also good. Incredible stat. Incredible stat. Yep. And so yes, uh, go to the GCP to watch that um, hot stove. Uh, I believe the, uh, the night before um, the Thursday. Uh, probably around 7 p.m. Um, we don't have that finalized yet, but obviously that will be up on Twitter ahead of time, so you'll know when to tune yep. in. Um, it's always recorded and stuff like that. Um, so yes, the Pride Razor campaign that we mentioned earlier with the with the goals. The uh, this our Pride Razor, the CCSG Pride Razor, um, is for an organization called Kind Space. So Kind Space is a community center in Ottawa that offers resources, events, social, and educational programming. Um, Their work celebrates, supports, and prioritizes oppressed sexual orientations, gender identities, and expressions. So this year, CSCSG is running this campaign to help Kindspace do what they do to support our community. So if you want to go to our Pride Razor page, um, you can uh, pledge a dollar amount per goal for the month of June. And then hope that we score a glut of goals and then make everyone (laughs) broke. Because, yeah. It's a great organization a and it'll be worth yeah. it. So, <clears throat> so yes, 
W ticket as always live on the website. If you want to go and sit in the dub, and as we just talked about it, where else would you want to be? Um, if you've only mm-hmm. just started attending, reach us out on social media to get involved. I mean, just talk about getting involved. We were just t- uh, talking about our new forward press series, Ben Ralph. True. One of our own. Some of these kids just coming in and stepping up and then contributing That's and good. doing stuff. Third year Carlton journalism student. Carlton Journalism, if anyone you know how difficult this program is to get into, you know how smart this cookie is. These articles are giving written summaries of press conferences. Um, so the league doesn't really post the pre and post match press conferences in full anywhere on like YouTube or anything like that. So mm. um but the media can watch and ask questions in them. So these are summaries of those so that we can read it and we get nice tidbits like Carlos Gonzalez saying that they're signing a six in July. So <laughs> Make sure you read those. Uh, obviously, Patrick Gibson continues to do the player rankings. Um, they're always really great. Uh, Joey, you know, doing the month in review articles. Yep. Uh, Megan Wiper's new Footy 101 series. She had the great article uh, last week with uh, the player position numbers. And oh, sorry, that was two weeks ago. Um, yep. And this week, there will be a new one uh, about sweeper keepers. Oh, so, you know, it's not going to be about Sean Melvin, that's for sure. But sweeper keeper. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. But yes, these are stuff for newbies because we use terms and expressions and stuff that, uh, you know, there's a lot of jargon in this sport. And yeah, we know, don't want you guys to have to spend half the time listening to this, pausing it and Googling things. Exactly. So definitely tune in to the 101. Exactly. I mean, especially uh, even just on the broadcast, you know, when you have like ex players like Terry Dunfield or, or uh, Jimmy Brennan on the broadcast, like they use so much jargon that if you're not familiar with yeah, it, you have true. no clue what anyone's talking about. So great series. Um, God, there's so much the writer shed. We've got like four regular yeah, the writer series shed has of exploded. It's, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. So if, if there was ever a time to start consuming CCSG media, the time is now. It's right now. The time is now, old man. <laughs> the, t- <laughs> the future is now, old man. That's that's me and Patty. We're, we're old man. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> new designs in the shop as usual. Patty. We really needed that, man. It felt real good. Oh boy, did we ever! It I was dreading. So I was dreading having to do this if we lost. I d- yeah. I don't. I don't. Dude. I don't know how we would have managed. This I mean, we would have managed, but yeah, it would have just been not fun. Yeah, it would so, have been over I, forty-five I, minutes ago, probably. True, true, <laughs> and I feel less bad about staying up to talk about a good game vice a bad game. So, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a, a quality match. Uh, we, you know, we're going in to face our. Our our rival, they're our rivals. York, I would call them our rivals. They're our rivals. Uh, you know what? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Easy. yeah. So Easy. we're game against York, game against Vancouver. I'm excited to watch both. I think both are going to be interesting matches to watch. Um, Forge. I mean, we'll see what happens. But yes, excited. Yeah. I think the team is starting to get where they need to be. So that is where hopefully I'm you don't feel bad about now. staying up late next week to talk about that game because it'll be just as good as this one well i will be <laughs> recording from a, a beach in albania next week so <laughs> oh, it's all good yeah yeah nice. no, <laughs> well, you know when when in europe do as the europeans do but i will when you know what albania. i will i will record this podcast because it's important to bring it to all of you guys out there so I'll take that time is, out of my vacation dedication. <laughs> that's some crazy but, dedication uh, from you. No, and it's, if it's just going to throw this out there, but if we have to be delayed for any reason, you're going to know why. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, also that <laughs> you will get an episode eventually. Who knows if it'll be on Tuesday or Wednesday? Exactly. Who knows? <laughs> Patty, it's yeah. been a pleasure. I'll talk to you next as, week. As always, let's go. Stay safe. Get out there and support the stripes. The right stripes. <laughs> <laughs>